All right, so for this morning, what I felt like as I was asking um, the Holy Spirit about what did he have, I really felt like he wanted to focus in one area, you know, as we're moving into the Christmas season, that it feels like it would be appropriate to at least touch bases on some of the themes that are involved in in the the story leading up to Jesus's birth. And he really highlighted for me Mary, and specifically the phrase that she says, be it done to me according to your word. Um, And what I felt like with that was that Mary, um, you know, we don't know much about her life prior to that encounter with the angel of Gabriel or angel Gabriel. But we see as she moved on that she continually led a lifestyle of yes. There's something about her yes unto the Lord um, that has marked her. And so I felt like the Holy Spirit, he sort of did a play on words and he said, oh, not play on words, but I think it's a funny other additional title. It's a Christmas message with an everyday application, right? Sometimes we just, we study the scriptures about the sort of Christmas themes and Mary and the shepherds and the three wise guys and, um, no, just kidding. And, um, right, the, the reality is that the, um, we look at it and we look at it once a year. And yet the, the truths of this, those, um, what God was implanting within these individuals is not just a, a once-a-year thing. It's a lifestyle. There's something that he was doing. There's things that we can pull out that can transform our lives. And I feel like that's one of the things with Mary. And so this is a short message. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1. And you can um, open up if you have your Bibles. Um, we're going to start in verse 26. I do have the scripture up here today as well. Um, It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And sort of the step back is that God's yes is already on towards mankind, right? He has a yes. God has a yes that's on towards us or this whole scene would not be happening. There would never be Gabriel coming to announce um, to Mary about the possibility of her becoming impregnated by this this baby, right, of the Holy Spirit overwhelming and pressing upon her, that sense, if there wasn't already a yes from God on behalf of the world. He had a plan for salvation. He had a plan for redemption. His yes is on. So if nothing else this holiday season, get that, that God's yes is still on. It hasn't changed, that none should perish, right? That that's his heart. The father heart of God is on towards us. And this was a key part in that process of bringing about God's strategy and his plan. Um, but his yes involved partnering with a woman. And, um, and typically God's yes involves partnering with us today. That hasn't changed. That's why he allows us to stop for individuals and have encounters with people to release the substances of heaven is how he set it up. In this particular situation, Gabriel's dispatched to a young girl named Mary, right? Um, She's betrothed to marry this guy named Joseph. That's really all we know. Why her? That's a big question as I read the scripture. Why Mary? Why this girl? Of all the girls, Why her? Verse 28, it says, And coming in, he, Gabriel, said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting was this? Favored one? The Lord's with me? Right? It's it's sort of this, this, it stops her. 
Obviously, she's in the presence of an angel, right? Um, it makes me ask the question, you know, what does favor of God look like? We talk about that phrase. We've studied favor of God, right? But what does it actually look like? I think in the simple definition, as far as um, like the simplest that I can put it, is it's a greater measure of God in your life. And it grows, right? Because there's, it's infinite. The amount of, of the presence of God that you can have in your life, the revelation of God, the connectivity or relational connection with God, it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And so the increased measure of that, I believe, is favor. Um, but in the presence of this angel and hearing that phrase, Mary's perplexed. The angel goes on and says in verse 30, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Do you notice that in um, probably the most common um, response to angels showing up in the Bible is fear? There's something about the awesome nature of angels, right? That it, it wrecks people. And, and the, the thing that they always, angels always say, or the Spirit of the Lord is, right, don't be afraid, right? That's a comforting thing. Um, you have found favor with God. It's yours, you have found it. It's yours. It's not coming, right, in a sense. You have it. The favor of God is on you, Mary, young girl, right? The question I ask is, is the favor backwards or forwards or both? That may not make sense, but let's look at it for a second. Backwards, because of your life and devotion, God's favor is on towards you. Uh, because of something that Mary did over here, as she was being raised, the choices that she was making, her lifestyle choices, all the different things that she was saying yes to or no to, right? Was there, was, is that why the favor of the Lord is upon her? Um, we don't know. We don't know anything about her, right? Um, but there's always a reason why God does what he does. He wouldn't have chosen Mary if there was, wasn't something significant about her and her character. Um, Forwards looking would be God's favors on you um, as you move forward into what he's asking or inviting you to do. Do you think that it would take a lot? As you know the story, we're going to get there in the scripture of what God's asking Mary to consider doing or allowing happen to her, right? Does it take a lot of favor to be able to walk in that? I think so, right? Um, and, and is the angel simply saying, God's going to give you a grace and a favor to walk in what I'm about to tell you, right? I think that it's actually both. I think that there's something significant. We've already talked about how love is different than favor, right? So God's love is equal and it's on towards every single person. But God's favor, it rests on us, but we get it in different measures. And so there's a measure of favor that rests upon Mary, right, in this situation. And she can grow in favor, how does she grow in favor? It's by continuing to say yes and staying connected to the Lord. So when he invites her into something more, if she says yes, there's an increased measure of favor that rests upon her life. It's the same for you and me. If we want to grow in favor, we need to stay close to God, draw deep in our relationship with him. And then as the Holy Spirit, I guarantee you, if you start hanging out with God, he's going to start inviting you to partner with him. He just does. right? If you don't feel like, well, he never talks to me that way. Well, that's a question mark. How deep is the connection and how open is the receptiveness to hearing from him about what he would have you step in with? 
But it seems like that's what God does, is he raises up partners. And so um, there's something about that process that I believe that that Mary's life, she's already highly favored because of, of what's already happened in her life, right? That's a guess. I don't know anything about her other than she's betrothed to Joseph. But I also think that God never calls us into something that he doesn't give us a grace to walk in. And it is an open door for increased intimacy and favor with him. And I think Mary's yes, her ultimate yes, right, opens and affords her that as well. Okay. Verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be a great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. But Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. For that reason, also the holy child will be called the son of God. So Gabriel's ultimately announcing to her, I think it's an invitation, right? So this is, this is probably a place where there's individuals that would say, as they read this, um, that they would say that, that it was a command. That Gabriel was saying to Mary, this is what's going to happen. I read it as an invitation. Because my experience with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, with the Father, is that he never forces anything on us. He always invites us into something. And so as I read this, um, what the Gabriel is telling Mary, I, I read it as I'm inviting you, God's inviting you into this great thing. But at the end of the day, if Mary were to say no, God wouldn't force this child on her. It's just not loving. And it's not the God that we worship. Does that make sense? Right? So you can land in a different camp. That's okay. Um, but... The Gabriel is basically saying, you're going to give birth to an incredible son who will transform the world as we know it for all eternity. I don't even know if Mary heard that. Because her only response is, how will this be since I'm not married? (laughs) Like, he just said, you're going to have the most incredible son ever. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to change the world. And she's like, yeah, but I'm not married. What's going on for her? We don't know for sure. Um, and then the angel, he explains it all, right? He says, the presence of God's going to come upon you and the power of God's going to overshadow you. And then Mary's like, oh, why didn't you say so? That makes total sense, right? Right? The angel's talking a foreign language. What he's describing has never happened in the history of mankind. It's on a hard, how do you even fit it in your paradigm? Right. And here's Mary. She's just sitting there. Why is she? I'd be perplexed now. Right. It's not when the angel walks in the door. Now I'd be a little perplexed. Right. Um, Anyway, um, the truth is that nothing's impossible with God. There are no limits. Does Mary know that yet? How old is she? What's been her experience? What's been her training within the, the, the scriptures? Right. I don't know. Does she have that even as a, a, um, a mindset that there's nothing impossible with God? He's, he's obviously explaining something that's too far for our minds to comprehend. I can't imagine that Mary was any different except that she's in the presence of this angel. 
And the angel goes on in verse 36 and he says, And behold, even your relative Elizabeth herself has conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called infertile is now in her sixth month, for nothing um, will be impossible with God. It's like I see this as supporting evidence. He's saying, this is going to happen to you. And if you can't really wrap your mind around that, look at this. This is the power of God, right? Um, Elizabeth, who is in her old age, you know, it doesn't say in the Bible text, right? But there's some others who have um, ideas about how old Elizabeth was. So the, the best that's most consistent that I found is they think she was 88 years old. Like, Imagine that. Like, we don't know if that's true, right? But imagine an 88-year-old woman. Anybody here 88? No, just kidding, right? But, but an 88-year-old woman, she's been infertile all of her life, right? And now she's having a baby. She's in her sixth month, right? It's it looking good, right? That sense, that's supporting evidence. And I think God does that in our lives. If we raise a question about something he's inviting us into, I think he's like, oh, well, let me tell you more about who I am. Or let me tell you more about what I can do. Or let me tell you more about you. Or let me tell you more about how the kingdom operates. He's not afraid of our questions. He's not afraid of our per, um, what's that word? What did I say? She was perplexed. I don't even know another word for that. I can't say it, right? But if you're perplexed, he, he's not worried about it. He knows exactly what you need. And he knows how to meet that. Um, ultimately, what's Mary going to say? Like, we know the end of the story. You all know. Every person in this room knows she says yes, right? You know it. But, but if you could imagine yourself being this young girl in the presence of Gabriel, what is she going to say? What would you say if it was you? Can you even picture it, right? Can you picture being in a situation that's so far-fetched this encounter that she's having. Um, she's heard Gabriel share God's plan. She heard the supporting evidence about Elizabeth. But her whole life would change forever. Right? She doesn't even really know what the consequences would be. She's betrothed to Joseph. Right? And ultimately, her fiancé is going to think that she cheated on him. Right? She's going to be viewed by many throughout her whole life as being promiscuous or unfaithful. Why, why would God invite Mary into this? Is he cruel? Why would a God, why would a loving God invite a young girl to experience all of this trauma, all of this um, hardship as she, if she were to say yes? Often we don't think about that. We think of, she says yes, and we get Jesus, yay! But think about the rest of her days. Think about all the accusations. Think about all the ways where she was treated poorly because of this yes, of being obedient to what the Lord would call her to do. Does it make sense? We don't necessarily have to have answers for all of that. Obviously, did, did God give her a grace to walk through that? Like, look at Mary at the cross, right? Like, she didn't know what it was going to entail, right? You, you listen to the story here in Luke, and it seems like it's going to be just this glorious, triumphant, amazing son that's going to rule and reign, and everything's going to be rosy. 
And yet the way to get to that is through the cross and all that Jesus had to endure. Mary didn't know any of that. But she knew that there was an invitation for her that day to say yes to God and to allow this child to come through her. And that's all she could control. When God comes to us with an invitation, all you can control is a yes or a no. You don't know what that yes or no is going to mean over here. Does that make sense? Um, Is this what favor with God looks like? Think about that. She's highly favored. And she's going to experience something that nobody else in the history of mankind has or ever will experience. Right? Mary's yes would change the whole world forever. But again, she has no idea what saying yes would really mean. Her no, what if she said no? Like we don't have any idea what God would do. We don't know. Right? We don't need to know, ultimately. But, but she had the option of saying no. That's what I'm saying today. In verse 38, it says, And Mary said, Behold, the Lord's bondservant, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And so ultimately, she says, My life is surrendered unto the Lord. A bondservant is ultimately saying, I am a slave to the Lord. Right? My life is surrendered unto you. May it be done to me according to your word. Ultimately, yes, right? Um, Whatever happens, wherever it leads, I trust you. That's pretty amazing. Um, Yeah. What's God invited you to say yes to? You know, maybe you haven't had an angel show up at your house. Is anybody? Maybe, right? And, and some of us, I think we think that's what it would take for me to really know that it was God. Is that you have this dramatic, amazing encounter with something that's going to perplex you and cause you to be afraid, right? Do you think God can still send angels like that? I do too. I do too. Yeah, you just never know because God can do whatever he wants to do and he has resources at his disposal, Right? And so, ultimately, he's a God of love, and he will do whatever it takes, right? Um, But the truth is, I think that each one of you and me, we're significant in the eyes of God. Mary was significant in the eyes of God. Again, we don't know her story, but God had his eye on her. And we know about our Heavenly Father that he loves to dream and plan for his children. Do you think he has a plan for your life? Right? Have you messed it up? Is it too late? No. Right? No matter what you've said for all of these other, you've probably had how many this year? Do you think you get more, more than one invitation a day to walk with God into something? I don't know. I didn't do the math. But just think about it. Is it 365 invitations? Right? We just don't know. But how often have you heard the still small voice of the Holy Spirit inviting you into doing something? Right? Whether that's reaching out to a stranger, whether that's loving your spouse, like whether that's a specific thing that he's saying, do this, whether it's spending more time with him, right? In a certain way. And with each of those invitations, you have the ability to say yes or no. 
And we read a story like this with Mary and we think, well, this obviously is in a different category than, than me hearing from the Lord to, um, to take a care basket to um, my neighbor Joe. Why? Why is this different? Well, because it's Jesus and the whole world's going to change forever. And, you know, it's just this amazing thing. Do you know what is going to happen when you bring that care basket to Joe? You don't have any idea. Because you loving on Joe and being obedient to what the Holy Spirit's saying could unlock something for Joe that transforms how he relates to every single person in his sphere of influence that then reaches other people and other people and could impact the world, right? No, it's not going to be the same as Jesus. Jesus is our Savior and our Redeemer. I get it. But so often we think those little subtle invitations are insignificant or that it's not really going to matter. But I think that's one thing that's consistent is the the decision for Mary is just as significant for us in anything that God would call us to do because we're highly favored. It's the one thing we have in common with Mary. Every single person who I can see or who listens to this um, on the podcast, you are highly favored by God. And one of the things that comes with being highly favored is that he invites you into opportunities to take risks for him, to partner with what he's doing. It's what we looked at in the life of Cornelius um, a couple weeks ago, right? Um, often we say no because it's not convenient. And we don't even give it a second thought. And yet, what if Mary told Gabriel it wasn't convenient? I guarantee you what she was being asked to do, it wasn't convenient. It definitely wasn't convenient, right? On any level, it wasn't convenient. The other truth, I think, is that we often, we don't view our yeses and no to God as significant for us or for the world. We simply view what we can see in front of us, and it doesn't seem like a big deal. Um. When Gabriel entered Mary's house, she was nobody in the eyes of the world. She was just another Jewish girl. You think in her her family or in her community, there was anything specifically different about her? I don't think so. I think she was just another girl. And maybe she was an amazing girl, right? But she was just another girl. Um. She wasn't significant even in in Jewish culture, right? Even after she gave birth to Jesus, it was not like people like um, uh, that her life was celebrated in any greater way. She just lived her life as a spouse to Joseph for as long as he lived. She raised her other kids, right? Um, and, And so in that sense, it wasn't like she got a lot of fame while she walked here on earth for her yes. Make sense? Um, but she did find favor with God. Yeah. I already said that's what we have in common with her. And, um, and so one of the things I feel like the Holy Spirit's highlighting for this holiday season is to think about 
your yeses. Like, we always think about Jesus' yes to even come as a man into this world at Christmas time. And often we do think about Mary's yes to the crazy invitation that God has invited her into, right? Um, but I don't know that we often think about our yeses. And I feel like the Holy Spirit would encourage you in this season to think a little bit about your yeses and the invitations that are coming your way or that have come your way, right? You, you may feel like, well, it's too late to say yes, right? He brought me something earlier in the year, and I really, I told him it's not convenient. Or like, I don't, I don't want to do that, right? And, and if you really don't, that's okay. He can handle that too. Does that make sense, right? Um, but if you're sitting here this morning and he's highlighting something as I'm sharing this message about an invitation that he's invited you into, then bring it to him and ask him to give you a second chance, right? I know um, this isn't my notes, but I'll share it because it explains it, is, um, you know, I, I stopped for a lot of people on the side of the road who I see with a physical ailment, and there was a guy who was blind that I had seen, but I know he only spoke Spanish because I had encountered him before. And um, and so when I was driving by, this is that's probably over two years ago, something like that. And um, I drove by, and I felt like the Holy Spirit stopped for him. And I said, I don't feel like it. <laughs> so I drove by. And I went home, and um, in a couple of days, I felt like I heard the prompting of the Holy Spirit. He highlighted that guy again in my mind's eye. And um, and I, I felt like um, the Holy Spirit said, why didn't you say yes? And I had this sense of conviction in my heart. Like, it wasn't condemnation, but it was a conviction. Like, I didn't partner with an opportunity. That could have been the time where the eyes were opened up, right? That kind of thing. He knows my heart. And um, and so I said, I said, Lord, if it's really from you, would you bring that guy back in my life? Give me another chance. And sure enough, I don't know if it was a week later or two weeks later, I saw the guy again, similar situation. I stopped and I had the opportunity to try to pray for him. I my broke through my broken Spanish, English, Spanglish, whatever, trying to communicate. Um, and I was in the middle of a parking lot with him trying to do this and was able to pray for his eyes, right? And so there was something. Obviously, his eyes didn't open up, right? So that's one of those things where it's a question mark for me. God, why? Why do you, you invite me into something and then I don't get to see the miracle necessarily right in that moment? And I always have to go back to, well, I trust you with this. But there's something, I guarantee you, something happened for that man. Just like I know, like I'm mixing messages, but something happened for Gabriel that day. Something happened for this woman, Crystal, in Safeway the other day, who I thought she just had a bum leg. And when I approached her and I said, hey, I saw that you have a limp. I said, what's going on? She said, well, my leg was amputated. I said, well, would you dare to believe for a creative miracle that we could pray for that right now? And she said, okay. And as she was weeping, Right there in the whatever section, I was releasing a prayer, praying for a creative miracle for this young woman who I've never met before. She didn't walk out of the store with a new leg that I know, because I think I left the store before her. But, but something happened in that transaction. But it was an invitation from the Holy Spirit as I'm just doing my shopping to notice a woman, and then it's like, there's something there for you. I don't stop for every single person that I see, right? Sometimes there's a highlight from the Holy Spirit that says, pursue that, right? Anyway, I always have a choice to say yes or no. 
I'm learning more and more that my yeses are actually really significant for me and for the person or whatever the situation is, right? It's not just about healing evangelism. Um, I believe God's making us into a lifestyle of yes people here at Grace. We're raising up into a people that our first response is yes. That our continual response is yes because we want more of what God has for us. We're growing from glory to glory, as Kathy preached last week, right? We're growing in favor, more and more favor, right? As we continue to say yes and partnering with what the Holy Spirit calls for us. And so this holiday season, I implore you and encourage you to press in for the more um, for your life and for our life as a house, right? Let's pray. Jesus, I do. I thank you. I thank you for your yes. I thank you for your yes to, um, to be birthed as a man here on earth. To ultimately become our savior and our redeemer. And to afford us intimacy with the Father and with you and the Holy Spirit. And I, I celebrate Mary's yes. Her yes to, to, to Gabriel and ultimately to you. To allow um, you, Holy Spirit, to perform a miracle inside of her that never was ever possible before, like no mind had ever conceived it, nor ever again, right? It's the only time it's ever happened. And, and faced with that and not knowing what that was going to mean for her life, she ultimately said, yes, be it done unto me according to your word. And so I pray for every um, listener here during this season that as we go through um, this holiday season, that we would become more attentive to your invitations each day, right? Within our families, within our workplaces, within our neighborhoods, within the community, wherever, even in just our own personal time with you, that we would be more attentive. We'd have ears to hear the invitations that you're bringing our, our, across our screen and would be, be more ready to say yes. Would you give us a grace in that, Lord? We do want to grow in favor with you, and we know that that involves um, risk and opportunities, right? And so, Lord, would you move in our hearts? Would you grip us? And then would you give us eyes to see the truth about our significance? I often hear people say we're small, right? Or they feel like their life doesn't really, um, it's not very significant. And it's such a lie. Because you say that we are significant and you don't invite your significant ones into insignificant things. You invite us into miraculous, amazing, significant things that are life change transforming and world transforming. It's what you do. It's your business. Because the kingdom is advancing every single day. And so, Jesus, I pray that if there's anybody here, as we've been sharing this word, where they're, they're feeling um, either conviction from you about a no that they've given you or, um, or condemnation from the enemy. We renounce the condemnation from the enemy, right? That's a bunch of crap. And so we just we put it right back where it belongs in hell. And um, we say, be silent. You have no rightful place at this table. And so we renounce any, any condemnation. But Holy Spirit, we, we love your conviction. Because you're, you're gentle 
and you're loving and you only convict us because you want us to experience a greater measure of abundant life. You, you lead us from life, from glory to glory, life to new life, abundant life. It's what you do. And so you never bring anything into our lives that's not going to produce more, um, an increased measure of life. And you, especially you never invite us into something, right? And so um, I pray that if you're highlighting a place where we've said no, would you just give grace for the revisitation of that between that individual and you? Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus, that there would just be a grace to revisit that invitation. And Lord, would you make a way where maybe there's seemingly no way, right, where it doesn't seem possible to go back to that? And would you give a peace that passes understanding and just the insight and wisdom to know how to navigate? And then with any future invitation from this day um, on in this holiday season, I just pray that we would have a heart that's hungry for you. And that you would make us into a people that our first response is yes. We don't have to understand it all, right? We don't need to know all the ramifications or how it's going to affect everything in our life. But that we know that you're good and we can trust you. And that's enough. I think that's all Mary had that day. Somehow she knew that you were good and that you were trustworthy. And maybe it helped with the supporting evidence with Elizabeth, but honestly, I don't know. I think there was something already inside of her that even if that was not shared, there'd be something about her desire to please God and to walk with him. Yeah. And so, Lord, would you give us that same desire? And we just ask that our lives would glorify you. Yeah. Let me just pray that you would seal this word in Jesus' precious name. Amen.